You're listening to audio from Crossroads Community Church, located in Fogelsville, Pennsylvania. If you want to learn more about C3 and what it is about, you can visit us at c3lehigh.com. And now, for today's sermon. Uh, We're continuing our series this morning titled Vision. Would you say that word with me? One, two, three. Vision. Vision. We're continuing our series on vision. And over the past couple weeks, we've kind of postured ourselves to um, teach about and talk about your individual, our individual lives and God's vision for each and every one of us. And we've mentioned different things that God's vision for your life is deeply connected to your involvement in the body of Christ. Lone Wolf Christianity is not biblical. You cannot find a scriptural basis for it. God calls us to be a part of the body. And in order for us to fulfill various commands that Jesus taught, we have to be meeting together in person. Online is perfectly okay whenever we're sick or you know, whenever there's health reasons that prohibit us from coming. That's perfectly fine. That's meant to be a band-aid, not a source. Are you hearing me this morning, church? The Bible calls us to meet, gather together, hold one another accountable. Iron sharpens iron, and it is very difficult to do that when we are by ourselves. So over the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about God's vision for each and every one of our individual lives, how it kind of ties in, well, it does tie in to the body of Christ. But today, I want to talk about specifically God's vision for C3 Church. That's what we're discussing today and as well as next week. And so if you're new with us, if this is your first time here, I want to encourage you to take this morning's service as kind of like a, hey, this is who we are. This is what God's doing. If you are a regular attender, I hope that this encourages you and stirs up passion to continue to get plugged in to the body of Christ this morning. Is this making sense with with, uh, you this morning? I can't even speak, the anointed, my goodness. I'm mean, like, he can't blame it on the anointing. I just did. It's either that or the espresso, you know. About two years ago, after I received the position as lead pastor here at the church, after I got voted in as the lead pastor here at the church, me and a handful of leaders um, embarked on this endeavor uh, through a program, a church consultation ministry program called Acts to Journey. And over the course of a year, myself and a uh, panel of leaders, some were board members, some were ministry leaders, went through this program where we met uh, every couple months with about 140 other individuals from other Assemblies of God churches throughout Pennsylvania and Delaware. And we met because this program is based on helping churches seeking God's vision for the church. This program is where we would sit down and we would evaluate and ask the, the, the difficult questions. What is working in our church? What is not working in our church that we need to stop doing? What do we need to start doing? And what do we need to improve on? And so over the course of a year, we would meet in different prayer gatherings, and we would meet collectively as a small group before we'd go to these conferences. And our ministry vision team, again, was split into board members, leaders. And over the course of a year, we would attend these conferences, meet together for a few hours a month, and go through those challenging questions. And I want to define vision, as we have been over the past couple weeks for you this morning. Vision is the bridge between where you are and where God wants you to be. Vision is the bridge between where you are right now and where God wants you to be. Vision is the pathway. Vision is the how do I get from here to where he is calling me to be? Where is God leading us as a church? Are we, the questions that we would ask is, are we being fruitful in ministry? Because God hasn't just called the church to be faithful. God's called us to be fruitful. 
And that gets misconstrued where we think that if we're regularly attending the body of Christ, if we're keeping busy, then that's enough. And I'm here to tell you this morning that that is not enough. As a matter of fact, Jesus said, if you aren't being fruitful, come on somebody, he says, I'm going to cut you off. And so God's calling us not to just be faithful in the body of Christ, not to just be faithful in the vision, thinking that our attendance is enough. No, 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 no. He's concerned about your heart and attitude and why you're plugging into the body of Christ. It's kind of like this. Whenever you give a child a direction, you care about the attitude in which they respond. It's not enough just to tell my kids, hey, I need you to go clean up their room. If they say, like my two-year-old does, we need to have a moment when that happens called a reevaluation of life, where we work out the details behind that attitude. Why? Because we recognize that we're not just concerned in the obedience with our children to what we ask them to do. We want them to have the proper attitude so it is in your relationship with God. It's not just about serving him going, oh God, I have to. No, 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 we get to. And he's not just calling us to do something. It's like Gary said, he's calling us to be a part of something. And so we were asking the questions, are we fruitful in ministry and are we growing? Because the reality is, is that healthy things grow. It's why our kids often have checkup appointments to make sure that they're on track, that they're meeting different standards of growth. We would recognize that healthy things grow. So let me ask you the question and don't answer out loud, but I want you to answer internally, honestly, are you growing? Are you healthy this morning, spiritually? Is your relationship with Jesus Christ something that is so real to you where you could say, I have a relationship with Jesus that is so real that it's like me talking to the person next to me? Are you healthy this morning? And so we, as a ministry team, the Acts 2 journey team, we began to receive this vision from God for Crossroads Community Church, new methods to present the gospel, new ways to disciple those that know Christ, new ways to help people grow in their giftings, new ways to reach those who don't know Christ, new ways of fellowshipping as the body of Christ, hence what took place here last night. God began to give our ministry team, this ministry team, a whole new vision. This new vision would begin to set off a chain reaction and lead us as a church into a new season. Throughout 2021, we experienced a major characteristic of who God is, and that is this. God is the God of new. He's the God of new. Isaiah 43, 19 says this, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He says, I am doing a new thing, something that has never been done before, something that you might not even understand, but he understands such a work that has never been done in the world that we can't even recognize it whenever it begins to happen because it's new to us. And we see this this teaching played out in the fact that a Messiah was a new way. Jesus was a new way for us that brought us into a new covenant. God is the God of new. Come on, somebody. Don't get quiet on me now. 
God is the God of new. Psalm 98 verse 1 says, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. Isaiah 42 9 says, See, the former things have taken place, and the new things I declare. Before they spring into being, I announce them to you. Then in the New Testament, we have 2 Corinthians 5 17 says this, Therefore, if anyone is in, is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new New is here. God is the God of new. So what kind of new things has he done in C3 Church and through C3 Church? Excellent question. I sent out an email earlier this week asking some of our ministry leaders, could you send me three to five things that God has done in your ministry that you lead, some new things. And I just sat in front of my laptop as the emails kept, ba-da-ding, ba-da-ding, ba-da-ding. And I'm sitting there and just began to weep. Just sitting back and going, I didn't think it was this much. I thought a couple things, but then the ministry leader starts sending me paragraphs. And I begin to read through and just see all that God has done. And it just shocks me. Men's ministry attendance has steadily grown at each men's event, both monthly meetings and quarterly events. We've had the pleasure of assisting Bongiorno Conference Center and Assemblies of God Conference Center in their workload by sending men for kind of a local missions outreach. We hosted our first formal in-house breakfast gathering, which was very well attended, and we had food and a devotion prepared for everyone by our own. We will be starting up small groups in March to continue to foster the relationships that are continuing to be built. There has been an obvious evidence of seeing men grow in their faith, befriending other men in church and hearing stories of witnessing to family and coworkers. And I'm telling you, these testimonies are weekly. We are hearing weekly testimonies of men who are coming to serve Christ leading their families in the will of God, being an example at the world. It is so cool to show up to a men's ministry event like last night and see tables full of faces that I've never seen before. And I understand that that goes to credit to men and women who were present last night. But I'm just referring to the men that I saw who were bringing co-workers. Excellent. Women's ministry, our first uh, time ever this year, we attended the Women of Purpose Pendel Fall Conference as a group, and we had more, uh, just under 40 women. The women's ministry completed a study on Esther and took a trip to Esther. It's uh, the uh, Sight and Sound Theater. Women's ministry hosted our first annual Take Time for Tea Party. Talk about events that would not work in men's ministry. <laughs> Again, saw incredible tendance and growth through this event. Our monthly shine study that began in September currently are learning about women in the Bible each month. We had five of our own women step out in faith and agree to prepare the lesson for each study. I love this because our women's ministry isn't just existing, they are developing leaders. Incredible. Worship ministry, in the past year we have seen the team grow I would say this morning was evidence of that. Not just the number and their giftings, but spiritual growth that has been evident. 
Worship and media have launched an initiative within their departments to invest into the lives of worship team members and digital media members. You see, we don't just want bodies filling positions. Our calling is to make disciples. And so the desire is to not only grow individuals in their giftings, but grow them spiritually. So they've launched this initiative, and one way to accomplish this, among many other methods, has been to participate in various Assemblies of God Pendel worship team conferences. In 2021, we had guest worship leader Curtis Parks for worship night. Incredible night. Uh, How many of you were there? It was an incredible night of worship. As a way of honoring the worship and media team members and building relationships, the worship ministry has also launched what we refer to as appreciation luncheons. Once again, we have a focus on not just using people. Can I hear an amen? It's not what God has called us to do, but valuing every individual that serves here at the church. Kids ministry, in 2021, our kids ministry hosted the first ever VBS, Vacation Bible School, a week-long evangelistic program that taught biblical lessons through fun games, drama teams, and church-wide themes. Our kids ministry hosted the first ever Daddy-Daughter Date Night, which is a way of continuing to see the family unit and strengthened and empowered. Come on, somebody. The kids' ministry did many new events in 2021, everything from having guest missionaries come and teach the kids about missions. Easter, I have to, be, I have to say this very distinctly, Easter extravaganza. Extravaganza, get it? Extra, all the dads in the room better be appreciating that one. An event that relates Easter eggs to the gospel of Jesus Christ. A different theme each Sunday took place in December as a way of motivating kids to bring their friends to church where they can receive the gospel of Jesus Christ. Aside from our Sunday morning adult attendance, the kids' ministry has seen the most growth and more of an 80% increase in less than the past in the year, less than a year. Youth ministry. In 2021, C3 launched our first ever youth ministry. The youth ministry is filling the void at C3 that we had by a very important by ministering to a very important teen population within our church. It has created Christian fellowships for the kids that are scattered throughout several different school districts. It allows them to learn and discuss God's truth. Students have begun to evangelize as a result of their strengthened relationships with the Savior, and some have brought others outside of our church in. Just a few weeks ago, C3 Youth Ministry went on the first ever youth ministry retreat where we saw more than four salvations at a retreat, and many others renew their relationship with Jesus. Come on, somebody. Just as importantly, it has provided leaders with the opportunity to be fulfilled in carrying out their purpose given to them by God. Hospitality ministry, we have launched a new hospitality vision that will help new families to the church feel welcome and loved by new uh, greeting methods, such as escorting new families from the parking lot to the kids' check-in area and helping families find the right classes for their kids, as well as navigating through the facilities. With this, there has also been the launch of a new visitation ministry to those who are not able to attend church in person, we go to them. Wednesday night ministry. In 2021, we launched a new believers class. 
And, and I, I was just discussing with Gary before the service, he started this ministry about halfway through the year, and we saw more than 20 participants participate in the New Believers class. Girls Ministry launched over a year ago, and I'm blown away at the participation on a Wednesday night when you walk up and down to each class and see kids crammed in every classroom. <laughs> the first night that we launched this, I kind of sat there and said, again, maybe we will get a dozen, two dozen. 40 to 60 kids later, I realized that God's doing something. girls' ministry launched, and then we, we sensed as a leadership team, as the Acts 2 leadership team, we sensed that there was a great need in our church for more adult discipleship programs. Wednesday was reshaped into topical Bible studies in small groups, and we have seen great success and attendance in that. In 2021, as a church, we had our first combined worship and water baptism night, where over 12 people were baptized and over more than 100 in attendance. In 2021, we invited special guest speaker and evangelist Tim Enloe to come teach about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, a very real gift that is really available for you right here, right now. As a result, we saw more than 20 people baptized in the Holy Spirit for the first time ever. In 2021, we saw more than 60 plus salvations, first time commitments to Jesus Christ. Our Veterans Day Sunday, which acts as an in-house outreach, saw more than 230 in attendance and multiple salvations. Our Christmas Eve services hit an, an all-time record high of more than 270 in attendance. And as a church, we have experienced more than 140% growth in the past year. Wow. Why do I say all of this? Not to say that we're the best, not to try and prove and shame other churches, that certainly isn't biblical or the goal right now. The purpose in saying this is to simply say this, we're growing in a new way because we serve the God of new. His creativity so far surpasses us. It only makes sense that he moves in new ways. It only makes sense that Jesus would heal people in a new way every time. He's the God of new. Let me also say thank you for tithing. As a result of your tithing, we are therefore enabled to do ministry like this. Thank you for your faithfulness in buying into and supporting not only in your participation physically, but also financially. Volunteer leaders and ministry leaders, thank you for all that you do. We could not do it without you. You are the hands and feet of Christ. Can we give it up for our volunteer ministry leaders? And just to show the heart behind our volunteers, there's hardly a week that ever goes by where I don't hear this statement from a volunteer serving here at the church. I wish my job was this fulfilling. Our volunteers are incredible. I love their hearts and how they serve the Lord by serving through the body of Christ. Why does this matter? Why do numbers matter? Because every number represents a life and every life represents an eternity. Why do these things matter? Because healthy things grow. If we're not growing, then we need to step back and reevaluate not only in our, our church as a whole, but this applies to our individual lives. If you're not growing in your relationship with Jesus, there's something off. 
Something has gone off balance. And, and the sad reality is that we don't even recognize half the time when we're stuck in a rut. It just becomes a normal place for us to live and dwell. And meanwhile, we have the God of new who's kind of standing here saying, I'm calling you to new, bigger, better things. Why are you settling in a rut? We serve the God of new. Also, why do we mention these things? Because we're celebrating the kingdom of God being built. Can I hear an amen? God's vision for the church is more than staying busy. It's about making an impact. I want us to see and celebrate what God is doing, but I also say all of this to get to this point. We would have missed the new work if we were stuck in old ways. We would have missed the new work of Christ if we were stuck in old ways. You will miss God's vision for your life if you remain enamored with old things. We cannot expect to experience the new of Christ, the new that God has, when we are holding on to old attitudes, when we are dwelling in old sin, when we are holding on to those groups that God is calling us to separate ourselves from. We cannot expect the newness of Christ if we are remaining in old ways, and yet we think that because we gave Christ our heart that that's enough. That's the beginning. That is not the end. Come on, somebody. He's calling us to obedience in every area of your, of your life. That's when you get to experience the newness of Christ. When you begin to walk in obedience. And I also want to say, I'm not just talking about the old lifestyle before you knew Christ. Your old friends, your old sin, our old sin, our old friends. I'm not just referring to those things. I'm also talking about we as Christians falling into making personal preference church doctrine. I'm also talking, thanks Mike, about we as Christians making personal preference church doctrine, an unbiblical practice that causes churches to die. Because when we begin to say, this worked before, Let's do it the same. Those are dangerous words. We've always done it this way. That's a dangerous sentence. That's a dangerous statement. When we begin to make music choices, yeah, I'm going there. I had somebody come up to me one time when I was new and pastor, and God bless her, she came up, and I remember her telling me, you know, pointing her preacher finger in my face. This isn't how this relationship works. She said, you want to see revival, pastor? Yes. Play hymns. I greatly appreciate the theological depth that hymns lead us in. Incredible truths. But friends, that's an example of personal preference becoming doctrine that is not biblical. When we begin to minimize Jesus' work in our life, to a formula, something is off. I'm talking about how Christians can fall into making personal preference church doctrine. We would have missed out on God moving in all of these ways that I just discussed, which, by the way, isn't even half the list that I was sent. 
We would have missed out on God moving in these ways if we allowed our personal preference to be greater than our desire to see what God has in store. When we make past methods of ministry, doctrine, we make idols out of the past and never enter into the new creation that God is calling us to become. How he reaches one generation isn't how he's going to reach the next. To go to new places, we have to do things that we've never done before. New depths of surrender, proclaiming the gospel in a manner that makes sense to a confused world. The message never changes. Come on, somebody. The message of the gospel never changes, but the methods of presenting it do. My point is this. Don't let your memories of the past be greater than God's vision for the future. Don't let your memories of the past be greater than God's vision for your future. He has something bigger and better for you in the future. It's who he is. He's the God of new. Can I hear a good amen? amen. Isaiah 43, 18 says this, forget the former things. Somebody say forget. Amen. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. That is really hard right now in our society. I struggle with this. When I sit down with individuals and I ask, what was it like when all of the markets were closed on Sundays? I don't know what that's like. I never experienced that. When I have the opportunity to sit down with more mature generations and ask, would you tell me what it was like? Would you tell me what it was like whenever common courtesy, when, when men would hold the door? when they weren't dropping curse words freely and openly in front of women and children? Would you tell me what that was like? Would you tell me what it was like whenever public schools prayed? I don't know what that's like. And it's really difficult for me to not dwell on the past and say, can we have that again? But I am convinced of this, that what God has in the future of our nation is bigger and better than our past. We can appreciate the past. We can give glory to God for what he's done in the past. But don't set up camp there. Ecclesiastes 7.10, do not say, why were the old days better than this? For it is not wise to ask such questions. That hurts. When our vision of the past is greater than God's vision for the future, we will never experience the new work in Christ that he has for us. Why is it important that our vision for the future is bigger than our memories of the past? Worship team, you can come. Because C3, I'm here to announce today that God's not done yet. God's not done yet. Everything that he's been doing in and through this body of Christ, it's only the beginning. I keep hearing this word in my spirit, launching pad, launching pad. And because I'm a pyrotechnic, I love that. <laughs> God's launching us into something. We're not going to camp here. We're going to appreciate all the marvelous, wonderful works that he's been doing in our kids' lives, in the leadership lives, in the body of Christ. We're going to recognize that numbers aren't just numbers. Numbers, rec numbers represent lives. Lives represent an eternity. We're going to process all of that, but I'm here to tell you this morning, don't set up camp here. 
He's just getting started. Isaiah, back to Isaiah 43, 19. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a new way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Some translations actually replace that word wilderness with desert. And that's okay because the point in this biblical language is to state that the wilderness is desolate. It's a discouraging place. It's a place that we look at and we don't see life. We see the absence of life. It is uninhibited. We look at wilderness and we recognize that the Israelites spent a lot of time there. And we recognize that through their painful experience, we don't want to go there. We don't want to wander around for generations to come. The wilderness is a place of discouragement, and often in biblical language, it represents a level of hopelessness. But God. God says, do you see that place that everybody recognizes as hopeless, as forgotten, as a wasteland? God says, that place that you recognize that there's no hope, there's no life, I'm going to bring life into it. God says, I have a vision, come on, I have a vision for that wilderness, and I'm telling you, I'm going to do something in that that you're not going to expect. God says, I'm going to bring a new vision. I'm going to make a pathway through the wilderness. And then he goes even further. He says, I'm going to bring streams of life. I'm not just going to make a little pond that we all gather around that satisfies us. I'm going to make streams flow from this desolate place so that you know that I'm the God of new. That I'm the God of vision. And I hear that word, and I believe it not only for our church, but I believe it for Fogelsville. I believe it for Lehigh County. I believe it for all of the various counties that are represented in this body. I believe it for our state, for our country, and for our world. That God, for such a time as this, is looking, and we don't get discouraged. Because all we recognize right now is frustration and division and we see the wilderness. But I'm here to ask you this morning, do you hear God saying, I'm going to make a way? I'm going to make streams of living water, of life flow abundantly. And it's not going to look the same because I'm the God of new. Next week, I'm going to be going over our strategic plan as a church, our methods behind how we will continue to reach various generations. And I am so excited next week to talk about the new things that are coming to C3 in 2022. But for this week, I want to ask you to prepare your heart for next week. But here and now, I want to ask you two things. One, what new things are you calling God to do in and through your life this year? Are you asking the question, God, what do you have in store for me this year? What new things are you calling me to? Because I recognize that new things requires me to lose old ways. What new things is God calling you and your family to? And secondly... Another question that I would challenge you to ask, how can I be a part of the new thing that God is doing at C3 Church? 
how can you be a part? Because the, the, the reality is that each and every one of us have giftings, which means each and every one of us have callings. And God wants to align your calling with his vision for the body of Christ. And this morning, if you're here and you say, oh, this was a sales pitch for volunteers. <laughs> then you've completely missed the point, and I pray that God removes your heart of stone and gives you a heart of flesh. I say that with love. I don't say that as a backhanded remark. Please hear my heart. But I'm telling you, that's a bad attitude. That is an unwilling spirit. And I know that individuals who have that attitude, my heart aches for you because I know that you're never going to walk in the newness with that attitude. But if you're here this morning and you sense the Holy Spirit pulling on your heart and you recognize that God has a vision for your life, God has a vision for this church that is bigger than us, that his vision will change not only our lives, but change our county, our country. If you align with that, then I'm telling you, God has incredible things in store for your life. And I speak from personal experience. We've talked about how God's vision for your life is deeply connected to your involvement in the body of Christ. Serving at C3 isn't just offering time. It's growing in your giftings, discovering your passions, being the hands and feet of Jesus Christ, and entering into a new work that he has for us to reach the world. If you're already serving, keep serving. Serve more passionately. I want to challenge you, if you're serving and you're comfortable where you are serving, serve in some areas that make you uncomfortable. That's when it gets exciting. I'm telling you, I will never forget when I was 12 years old and my dad forced me to go on a mission trip to Mexico and I'm like, I am too white for this. <laughs> I had SPF 1000 on me, Mexico. Why do I want to go to Mexico as a ginger? And then in Mexico, God begins to mold and shape my life and I will never forget. And some of you have heard this story before and I'm sorry if I sound repetitive. It's just a moment when God got a hold of me. And I remember this little girl biting into an apple from a dump that we were at and seeing the ants pour out. And I remember what it was like to be able to give her real food. And it's in that moment that I lost myself and I truly found him. And I truly found him when I was obedient to his word. This morning, I'm not asking you to do something. I'm inviting you to be a part of something. And so between now and next week, I want you to honestly, prayerfully consider, because next week you're going to see cards on every single one of these chairs inviting you to be a part of this volunteer team, because I'm telling you, it'll change your life. We're not just looking for a workforce. We're looking to make disciples. And you will not find a scripture where church attendance is enough. You're not going to find it. But God calls us to serving him. Would you stand to your feet this morning, church? I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads with me? And just before this awesome worship team 
leads us in a closing worship song and we finish out this morning service. I want to challenge you. Would you in your own way just begin to pray to God and ask him, God, would you do a new work in my life? Take me to places that I've never been in my relationship with you. Would you just begin to invite him into your situation? I don't know where you are this morning. Some might be, you know, you feel like you're on a treadmill, just going nowhere. Some of you might feel like you've made it to the mountaintop, and that's awesome. But whether you're in the valley or on the mountaintop, I'm here to tell you this morning that God's not done yet. And it's a matter of us saying, here I am, Lord, send me. If we come with an unwilling spirit and we come with that bad attitude, I'm telling you, you're going to miss it. That's why in Isaiah he says, I'm doing a new work. Do you not perceive it? Which tells us that there's a possibility that you might miss what God is doing. If you don't hit the pause button and say, Lord, what new thing are you leading me to in this wilderness? What new thing are you leading me to? I'm telling you, there's a possibility that you'll miss it and you'll end up living with regret. But God has a better way. He has a new way. So this morning, if you're here without anybody looking around and you say, you know what, Pastor, I, I'm here and, and, and I want to begin that, new, that newness that you're talking about. If you're here this morning and you don't know what it is to give your life to Christ, I want to give you the opportunity. If you're here without anybody looking around and you say, Pastor, I want to experience a new life in Christ. I want to understand what it is to have salvation in Jesus and live for him and know what it's like for my life to have purpose. If that's you here this morning, would you put a hand up and put it right back down? I see that hand. You can put it down. I see your hand. You can put it down. I see your hand in the back. I see your hand. You can put it right back down. Is there anybody else? You say, I want to know what it's like. I'm done with the old ways. I hear what you're saying and I, I sense something pulling me to a new way of life. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up and put it right back down without anybody looking around? Is there anyone else? I want to challenge you. I say this often. Life is too short for you to leave here with regret. I see your hand. You can put it right back down. I see your hand. You can put it right back down. Waiting just another moment. Is there anyone else? Maybe there's a time in your life where you did serve the Lord, but it's been a long time since you really served him. And you say, Pastor, this morning, I want to rededicate my life. I haven't been living for him. I'm ready to continue that new work. If that's you, would you lift your hand up and put it right back down? I see your hand. I see your hand. You can put it down. I see your hand. Hands going up everywhere. I see your hand. Would you repeat after me? And again, this isn't about my words. This is your heart's intent. And if your heart truly means to turn away from the old and you recognize that this isn't just a one and done decision, I'm telling you, this is a decision of changing your life's pursuit from self to pursuing him, from sinful pleasure to pursuing holiness. If that's you this morning, I just want to challenge you. It's, it's all about your heart, not my words. So if you mess up the words, don't feel any pressure. It's about your heart's intent. But church, whether you've said this, one, this is your first time or you've said it a thousand times, church, can we just, can you repeat after me so that we don't fit, leave anybody feeling like they're left out? Would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, church. Dear Jesus, come into my life. Make me clean. I want to know what it's like to pursue the new and leave the old. Wash my sins. Make me a new creation. 
In Jesus' name, I invite you into my life. I make you Lord of my life. Amen. Can we give it up for those who received Jesus for the first time this morning? If this was your first time inviting Jesus in your heart, we have these cards titled, I have decided on every seat. I want to challenge you to fill one of those out and put it in the offering box in our lobby. We would love to just connect with you and invite you to our new believers class, which talks about where do we go from here? Because this isn't it. This is the beginning. So we just want to sit down and talk about what the next step is. For everybody else, you say, pastor, I'm saved. How does this relate to me? It's time. It's time to serve God with all you've got. If you haven't entered into being one of, on one of the ministry teams here at the church, it's time. If you're already signed up and you say, Pastor, I've been volunteering here ever since and you fill in the blank, I want to challenge you this morning. God is calling us to a new passion, a new fervency. It's time to live by dangerous faith. Come on, somebody. A faith that gets a little uncomfortable sometimes, but it's time to go to new depths. I want to challenge you. Would you join me in just worshiping God as a result of what he's done? And during this bridge, as Mike leads us, I just want to challenge you. Would you just begin to just pray from your heart? Say, God, you can have it all. Whatever it is that you're calling me to, I want to pursue the new. Would you join me, church? Would you just begin to tell him that with hands lifted high, if that aligns with you? Jesus, we just give you our lives, God. Help us to leave the old and pursue the new, Lord. We recognize this morning that you're doing a new work here in and through us. So, Father, right here, right now, before we even sing this next song, we say, here I am, Lord. Take me to a new place. Stir up a new passion in my life, Lord. Help me to live by dangerous faith and get a little bit uncomfortable at times, Lord. But I just give you right here right now lord each and every one of us give you our 2022 recognizing that this year you're going to do incredible things now help us to be obedient to what you're calling us to do in jesus name this has been an audio recording from crossroads community church if you'd like to get in contact with us or learn more about us you can follow us on social media at c3 lehigh or email us at info at c3lehigh.com We'd love to hear from you.